0: this week on Hope for the Broken.
1: Perhaps there's areas in your life that you would admit are spiritually dry. You feel like you're maybe even cut off from the Lord or isolated or things are desolate. And we get to those moments in our life where we need a fresh breath from God. Because here's the overarching truth. God specializes in bringing dead things back to life. He does that in our lives spiritually. He does that in our lives physically. He does that in all facets of our lives.
0: Welcome to Hope for the Broken, the audio podcast ministry of Trinity Baptist Church in Mount Pleasant, Texas. I'm your host, Austin Mahoney. We exist to become a gospel-centered community redeeming brokenness through hope in Jesus Christ. At Trinity, we believe we are all broken and in need of the redeeming hope found in Jesus. For more information about our church, visit us on our website at trinitytx.org. This week, we continue our series called What's in a Breath? Here's our pastor, Chris Wigley, with part five titled The Breath Again.
1: Let me invite you to take your Bibles now and turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. You know, we're in a teaching series that we've entitled, What's in a Breath? And I cannot pass up the opportunity to preach Ezekiel 37 in a sermon series entitled, What's in a Breath? And this is a familiar passage of study. If you've been in church any length of time, you have probably heard the story of the Valley of the Dry Bones, uh, where, where there was a rattling. There was a coming together of those dry bones, a a coming to life with those dry bones and the filling of God with the spirit of God in those dry bones and a freshness that came and fell upon uh, Ezekiel in in this vision. And this morning's message is a message entitled Breathe Again. And we've taken a look at the breath of God that he breathes into us as humans. We've taken a look at the breath of God's word, the Holy Bible being the very breathed out word of God. We took a look at Jesus's last breath on the cross and the significance of that. Last week, we took a look at the breath of the Holy Spirit. And today we come to breathe again. I'm just curious, how many of you, by a show of hands, you're good gardeners? Do we have any good gardeners in the room? Any gardeners? Okay, a few of you, right? I I am not a good gardener. In fact, I have a black thumb, right? I spend most of my time praying that a garden actually springs up out of the ground. And I remember one time we planted, uh, what was it, cilantro and serrano peppers and basil and I can't remember, and potatoes. I I don't know why potatoes, right? The other three make sense because we like to make our own salsa, Uh, but none of it it sprung up. Uh, That's because I spend all of my time in gardening praying that it would come back to life, you know, just come back to life. Well, in the valley of the dry bones, it is dead. And we see a heart and we see a desire in the prophet Ezekiel for those bones, what is dead, to come back to life. It's an amazing vision. And God gives him this vision in the middle of the valley of dry bones. And God breathes on these bones. And as we talk about this, I I think there's going to be a couple of things that's going to be brought to your attention, that the Holy Spirit is going to stir within you. And the reason why I know that is because this week, studying for this message, it has done the same for me. Perhaps there's areas in your life that you would admit are spiritually dry. You just need a word from the Lord. You you feel like you're maybe even cut off from the Lord or isolated or or things are, are desolate. Perhaps you even came in this room as one last-ditch effort. Okay, God, I'm going to give you one more try. And we get to those moments in our life where we need a fresh breath from God. And so my prayer is, is that God begins to pinpoint that in your life as we preach through this message that you'll be filled with hope. Because here's the overarching truth of the matter. God specializes in bringing dead things back to life. He does that in our lives spiritually. He does that in our lives physically. He does that in our lives in all facets of our lives. And so I pray that you'll be filled with hope here this morning. And uh, at the end of the message this morning, we'll enter into a time of response. And I just want you to prepare your heart. Maybe, maybe the Lord would prompt upon you to come and make this an altar and yield things over to the Lord. In our first service, we had some people doing that. Listen, I'm holding on to worry. I need to give it over to the Lord. Uh, Things like that. I'm experiencing spiritual dryness. I need him to fall afresh on me. And and that's because when we study this passage, we're going to realize those things in our life that are where we're distant from God. But this is an opportunity that we have as church to to yield the teaching of God's word, to, to hear the voice of God in our life and to respond in a way in which he brings life to us. Perhaps some of you in the room, you have never started a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you know all about religion, and you, you've you been there, you've lived it, but but man, to, today, God's going to awaken your soul. And, and I believe that God's going to do that. And so as we study this passage, here's what I want to do. I want to teach through the passage, and then I want to look at a few application points from this morning's passage. So Ezekiel chapter 37, Verses 1-14, through 14. let's read it in their entirety. You follow along in your copy of God's Word. If you don't have a Bible, there's words on the screen. This is what the Word of the Lord says. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones. And he led me among them, around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And so I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you among your graves, O my people. And I will put your spirit within you, and you shall uh, live, and I will place you in your own land, and then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Three things that this passage highlights for us. First, we have the inspection the inspection. In the first three verses of Ezekiel 37, God calls Ezekiel to inspect the landscape of his fellow Jews. In verse 1, it says, the hand of the Lord was upon him. The hand of God led him in this vision. It's a vision to Ezekiel for the people of Israel. And he was taken to a valley by the Holy Spirit. And in that valley, there were a bunch of bones. And God caused him to sit in the middle of those bones and for him to walk around and to observe those bones. Now Here's a question. Why would God do that? Right? I mean, we like to think God spare us from the agony of such desolation. God, we don't want to see that. God, we don't want to go through the valley. Lord, we want to stay on the mountain. But sometimes the hand of God leads us into the valley. I want you to think about that for a moment. If we were to ever think that God's hand doesn't at times in his sovereignty lead us into the valley, then we don't understand the Bible. Remember Jesus, what happened to him after he was baptized? Mountaintop experience, right? Right? He's on the mountain. He has a voice from heaven. You know, this comes audible that says, This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is a mountaintop experience. And then it says that he was led in Matthew 4, chapter 1, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, down into a valley to be what? To be tempted. You know, I sometimes think that whenever we try to figure God out, we're reminded by the fact that there is no possible way we can ever figure God out. Why would God lead us? Into a valley. Here's a couple of things that I want you to know. Number one is that God's ways are not our ways. And God's thoughts are not our thoughts, but God's thoughts and God's ways are perfect. Ours are not. So when God takes us through the valley, there's a reason. And He takes Ezekiel into this valley for a reason. When the Spirit took Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted, there was a reason. Because Jesus could not be our perfect substitute sacrifice on the cross if he had not been tempted and overcome temptation. And here's the other thing that we need to know about God God is not bound by time and space. And God can see the beginning of something and the end of it at the same time, He sits outside of time. We, however, are bound by time and space. And so when we enter into the valley of the dry bones, we can't see the tapestry that God is weaving. But here's the deal, beloved. When God brings us through the valley, there's a purpose behind it. And so if you're sitting in a valley today, spiritually, you're dry spiritually, perhaps even dead spiritually, I want you to know something. God has brought you to the valley for a purpose. God wants to meet you in the valley. And God meets Ezekiel in the midst of that situation. And I want you to know the desperate situation, the condition that it is in. Verse 11 says, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. In other words, this is the spiritual condition of my people. Behold, these people say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. Indeed, we are cut off. Do you see the hopelessness of this situation? Do you you ever feel like your hope is lost? Do you feel like you've been cut off from God? It's exactly what Ezekiel finds. And here's the deal. I believe God is taking Ezekiel to the valley to give him this experience for the purpose of allowing Ezekiel to see the spiritual landscape of the land. God wants Ezekiel to feel the desolation to come to an understanding of the gravity of the matter. He wants Ezekiel to gain his heart, his view on the landscape, the spiritual landscape. And look at the conclusion that he comes to. Verse 2, he says, And he led me around among these bones, and behold, there were very many, on the surface of the valley, and behold, that word behold, by the way, every time you read it in this passage, it's the Hebrew word hinna, which means pay special attention to this, okay? And space, pay special attention to this, they were very dry. I want to draw your attention to the dryness of the spiritual landscape. Now, I don't know this to be true, but it appears in the context that Ezekiel is the only thing that is living in this valley, Are you you there in your mind? Are you picturing it in your mind? I mean, these bones are so dry that the marrow no longer rests in these bones. The stench of death is gone. These are not bones that are on their way to death. These are not bones that have just died. These are bones that are very dry. Life has not been around these bones for a long, long time. Time, You ever feel like you're running on empty? There's just no life left. You're just dry. So very dry. It's the situation here, and, and God wanted Ezekiel to see it. And, it. and it drove God to ask Ezekiel to a question. Once Ezekiel observed, he inspected the landscape of the land, God asked him a question. He says in verse 3, Son of man... Can these bones live? In other words, is it possible for such hopeless situation to be revived? Or is hope completely gone? You see what Ezekiel responds? It says, and I answered, O Lord God, you know. In other words, only God, you know. Only God, you can do something about this situation in which I am observing, that which I am seeing. And the reason why only God knows if such death could have life again is because God specializes in bringing dead things to life. That's what God does. And so he asks Ezekiel that question and he gets Ezekiel to the point of understanding we are completely dependent upon you, God. We're completely dependent upon you. And we have the benefit of hindsight here. We know as a result of the story that all things are possible with God, there is nothing that is impossible. And he lives in you and I. The same God that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And he desires to bring life to our spiritual dryness. So we see the inspection. Secondly, we see the inspiration. The inspection, the inspiration. Look with me at verse 4 of Ezekiel 37. God says to him, prophesy over these bones. And say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, that's tendons, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, this is a strange command, isn't it? Ezekiel, you see all the dry bones, you see all the death. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to preach to those bones. That's pretty absurd, right? I mean, why why would he do something like that? Why would God ask Ezekiel to do this? But look at what happens. When he says preach to these dry bones, he doesn't say, really? Come on, God. No, verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Immediate obedience. This blows my mind. How did Ezekiel get to this point when God would ask him to do something that could potentially humiliate him that he immediately says yes? How does Ezekiel get to that point? Well you got to understand this is chapter 37. There's been a lot of life experience between Ezekiel and God to this point. Did you know to this point God has asked Ezekiel to lay on his side for 490 days? Stay on his side for four. You talk about bed sores. And then guess what happened at the end of that 490 days? He said, roll over, do it on the other side. Ezekiel did it. You know what else? God also told Ezekiel, you're not going to speak. Not a word is going to come from your mouth for 12 years. Okay. And I believe it's also Ezekiel who God asked to walk around naked. Who's signing up for that ministry job? Ezekiel did. And so when we get to the point where God asked him to do something completely ridiculous, he says, sure, it's just Tuesday. He's had this experience with God throughout the years that when God asked him to do something, he has learned to trust God wholeheartedly. Ezekiel was willing to do what God asked him to do because he understood that when I'm obedient to God, amazing things happen. And there's this history there. My my point is, is that by the time we get to God asking Ezekiel to preach to dry bones, he's ready. Is that, can that be said of our lives? When God calls us to do something seemingly ridiculous, will we say yes? Noah did, built an ark. There was no rain. They called him crazy. If anyone saw Ezekiel, they would call him crazy. He's lost his mind. Perhaps God's calling us to something that that our culture would say, they're crazy. But we ought to be obedient to God. And look at what happens as a result of Ezekiel's obedience. There was a rattling. He began preaching and there was a rattling. The, The bones that were laying on the surface began to rattle. Why? Because they were coming to life. And they began to become connected And and they they came together, but but they were still lifeless. And, And the reason why they were lifeless is because they needed the breath. And remember what I told you about breath in the Bible? It also is related to the spirit. They needed a soul. Did you know it's possible to be alive and be spiritually dead? It's possible to live life to the fullest, but not have eternal life. And so these these bones were physical bodies, but they didn't have the breath, and then God calls them to preach to them again, command that the breath comes in them, and he filled them with his spirit. Is it your testimony that you are spiritually dry or even dead? If so, I have good news for you. God desires to rattle your bones. God desires to bring you together. He desires to breathe life, spiritual vitality into you. This brings me to our third point this morning. We have the inspection, we have the inspiration, and now the invigoration. When God brings dead things to life, he invigorates it. He doesn't just leave it. I mean, when, when you move from death to life, man, that does something to you. Today, whenever I was doing the baptisms, man, that did something for me. That, that lit my fire. I mean, you, you see God stirring, you see God moving, you see God, pe- people saying yes to Jesus. That, if that doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet, right? And, and so it invigorates us. Consider the work God did in this vision, verses 11 through 14. It says, then he said to me, son of man, which is an interesting terminology, by the way, just a little teaching point here. He calls Ezekiel son of man. Guess what Jesus calls himself? The son of man, uh, capital S though, right? So, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. God says it twice. Twice. He only has to say things once, but he's calling our attention that this is what he's going to do. This is the work that he does. Verse 14, and I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land and you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. If you feel hopeless and cut off from God, God can stir in you and he will stir in you. I read an article this week that talked about what causes spiritual dryness. And there are several things that can cause uh, spiritual dryness in our, in our lives. Mental pain, physical pain, sometimes it's so hard and so much and so overwhelming that we neglect the spiritual aspect of our lives. Right? And so we wind up in a spiritually dry situation. We also just get so busy that we neglect spending time with God. And that leads to spiritual dryness. Sometimes there's unconfessed sin in our lives. And it's causing us to remain isolated from God. And we need to do business with God. We need to confess that sin and and nail it to the cross. And have our relationship to repent, have our relationship restored back to God. And verse 14 says that he will put his spirit within us and we will know. See, the people... The Israelites are living in captivity in Babylon. Y'all remember last year we did uh, a series through the book of Daniel? Daniel and Ezekiel are contemporaries. They're, They're the same age. Daniel lived in a different area of Babylon than Ezekiel did. But here God had his remnant. He had his prophets that were speaking truth in strategic lands, and he was giving them these visions that that he was going to do something to bring the people back into a right relationship with God. But they were living that way. They were in exile because of disobedience. They weren't doing things the way God wanted them to do things. But he said that there's coming a time that he's going to place his spirit, capital S, in them, and they will live and be spiritually vibrant He says that you shall know that I am the Lord. That word know is a word that doesn't mean intellectual knowledge. It means to know because of experience. You will have an experience with God. Have you ever had an experience with God? A time in your life where where God showed up in amazing ways and it was such a sweet time with the Lord? God says you will know that again. You will experience that again, and he of course says, I will do it. This is God saying this, and you could take it to the bank. So in the time we have left, just a few application points. Number one, we need to inspect the spiritual landscape. Just like Ezekiel, God led him through the valley to see things the way that God was seeing them. We need to take spiritual inventory. You ever go to the doctor and get a heart checkup? see how everything's going, and and that way you can make adjustments. That's exactly what we need to do, spiritually speaking. We need to have a spiritual checkup, an opportunity where we can find out what is amiss and make corrections. It's good for us to observe the spiritual vibrancy, not only of our own lives, but the spiritual vibrancy of our culture. And when God leads him into the Valley of Dry Bones and has him walk around, I can only imagine how he felt, overwhelmed, burdened. Maybe he even identified with with the hopelessness. What can I do about this? But God wanted to lead him there so that he could see it, feel the reality. And that's when he was able to answer the question, God, it is in your hands. Listen, when you look around the spiritual landscape of our culture, I don't know what you observe, but I see a lot of hopelessness. I see a lot of just aimless walking around, roaming around. I don't see spiritual vibrancy. Even in our churches. When I say the church, I don't just mean Trinity. I mean the church of Jesus Christ, especially in America. God is stirring in the church all over the world. And God, I think, wants to do a work in us. He wants to lead us to a place of spiritual renewal, spiritual revival but he wants us to observe our desperate need for him. It was only when Ezekiel saw it that he came to a point of, God, it's in your hands. Listen, if you ever get to a point in your life where you say, I don't know what I'm going to do about this. God, it's in your hands. Can I tell you something? That's the perfect place to be. Because when we surrender it all to God, guess what? God steps in and he begins to move. How we surrendered it to him, have you come to a place in your life where you are convinced that only God can do something about the spiritual desolation in our land? We need to inspect the spiritual landscape. Secondly, we need to understand that obedience to God is vital. Two places in this story, verse seven and then in verse 10, Ezekiel says, "What? I prophesied as I was commanded. I prophesied as he commanded me. Do you see the immediacy of that? It was immediate obedience. I remember hearing this as a kid growing up, and it's so true. Delayed obedience is what? Disobedience. We like to argue with God, don't we? Much like we do with our parents. When our parents tell us to do the dishes, what do we say? Why? In my house, it's it's not my month, right? It's so-and-so's chore, right? We become little Moses. God, I can't speak. Send Aaron. Have somebody else do this. No, God says, I want you to do it. And we have this delayed obedience. Listen, I believe that God wants to stir in our land, but what he's looking for is for people to say, yes, Lord. What sure is strange to preach to dry bones? You said it, Lord, I'll do it right that's the kind of people that god is looking for and if we become that people i promise you revival is close at hand spiritual healing and vibrancy is close to us what is it that god's calling you to do what is that thing that god is beginning to pinpoint in your heart if we desire to see a move of god then we must be obedient to god so we're to inspect the spiritual landscape be obedient to god thirdly recognize the mission recognize the mission real quick. Look at verse 10. It said, so I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them, the spirit came into them and they lived and stood on their feet. Now notice what they became. An exceedingly great army. Listen, when God rescues us, when he brings us from death to life, he does so with a purpose. He calls us, to be a part of his mission. That we are to be heralders of the gospel where we live, where we work, and where we play. We're to be a beacon of hope. We're to be light. We are an army. Jesus says this in the Great Commission, that we are to go. We are to make disciples of all nations. You have been called to a mission. If you are in Christ, you are on mission. You are to then be deployed. Listen, I am convinced that there are far too many churches in our land that are cruise liner churches. You all know what I mean? Ever been on a cruise? You set foot on a cruise and it exists to serve you. You can have one, two, three, four, five dinners, right? You can have ice cream and your, your beck and command. It, it exists for you. Can I tell you something, Church? God never intended his church to be a cruise liner. He intended it to be an aircraft carrier. He strategically positions his church near the battle. And the church is where we fly in and we could be refueled. We could be bandaged up. We could be encouraged only to do what? Fly right back out into the battle. In just a moment, when Pastor Jeff does the announcements and he says, y'all are dismissed, guess what? You're taken off the aircraft carrier. You're being deployed on a mission. God has awakened your soul, not just so you could sit in that state, but that you could tell others how they could be awakened. I am convinced that the church of Jesus Christ is a sleeping giant. And that he is calling us to wake up. It's not a political deal. It's not a political movement. It's a spiritual movement where we return to be people of the book, receiving words from God and saying, Send me, Lord, I'll go. And let me tell you something. If we don't do this, you know what the consequences are? A valley of dry bones.
0: You're listening to Trinity Baptist Church's Hope for the Broken podcast. If you would like to learn more about this ministry, visit us online at trinitytx.org. That's trinitytx.org. Here's Pastor Chris to wrap up our time together.
1: Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad that you found this podcast. It is our prayer that you are encouraged and challenged by today's message. It is our goal at Trinity to lead everyone into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have questions about what it means to trust Jesus as the Lord of your life, we would love to connect with you. Please feel free to give us a call at 903-572-1959 or email us at info If you are ever in the East Texas area, we invite you to join us for worship on Sundays at 930 or 11 a.m. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless you.
0: We pray that you have experienced hope today. If you would like to support the ministries of Trinity Baptist Church with a financial gift, you can do so by giving online. Simply log on to trinitytx.org and click the Give tab. Be sure to join us next week as we look into God's Word on Hope for the Broken.